Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm Colleen Klimczak, organizational coach and certified professional organizer. I own Peace of Mind Professional Organizing, LLC. Since 2003, I've been helping my clients live better lives through organizing and organizational and productivity coaching. In addition to organizing and coaching, I support my clients with a weekly newsletter, a weekly accountability and productivity session through professional speaking, blogging, and podcasting. Want to finish strong with me this week? Join me for Finish Line Friday every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central for a two-hour productivity session. Drop me an email at colleen at peaceofmindpo.com or follow the Zoom Room link on my Instagram or Facebook pages. So this past week, first of all, I just want to give a shout out to my folks in Finish Line Friday. They are seriously just the nicest, most supportive group ever. Love them. Join us if you want to find out more. And also this week, I set up three more presentations for the first three months of 2024. I can't wait to see you at an upcoming event. And as always, please keep me in mind to speak at your professional development, wellness fair, women's day, or networking event. Okay, today's topic. This is a big one. It took me a while to get through this one because I want to do it right. If you don't know, uh, October is ADHD Awareness Month. So last week, I spoke with one of my accountability partners, Lane. Lane is the ADHD coach that I want to be when I grow up. She's amazing. If you would like to know more about Lane, check out her website at thinkinganddoingskillscenter.com. She is always looking to reach and positively impact more students and adults with her coaching. And I am lucky enough to call her one of my accountability partners. So on our accountability call last week, we discussed that this is the time of year when mid-quarter progress reports go home. And for many students, we find out that they are struggling with their grades and their workload. So perhaps a student hasn't been diagnosed with ADHD, but maybe the teacher or school administrator starts the conversation regarding testing and diagnosis. Or perhaps a student is diagnosed with ADHD, but they haven't necessarily found the strategies or skills, or they aren't using them, that would help them to succeed. Or maybe they need to explore more to help them do as well as they could in school. So Lane and I took a moment to share our own stories about our experiences with ADHD for either ourselves or our loved ones. And I realized that I don't tell ADHD stories. And that's a disservice to you and to me, and really to anybody else who has ADHD. So today I wanna talk about what ADHD is, what it looks like in ourselves and the people around us. I want to increase awareness around ADHD and some symptoms that go along with it. And I will touch on, I will mention strategies and skills that can be used. Um, like I said, this is not a, this is a, a touching on versus a, we are solving all the problems today. But I just think that's where awareness begins, right? So I want to talk about it. I want to say what it looks like and that there are strategies out there. And um, also remind us that all of us benefit from the strategies that help folks with ADHD they help everyone. So regardless of diagnosis or not, 
or um, if you have tendencies or not, we need to remember that a lot of the things that we talk about to help folks with ADHD are things that help us as well. And so what I just did there is something called normalizing. So reminding us that we all have challenges some days and um, folks with ADHD, it's called a neurodiversity, right? Those strategies that help neurodivergent people can help uh, neurotypical people. So to get us started, I really want to share a conversation I had recently with a friend about her grown child with ADHD. So again, today we are increasing awareness. This grown child, this young adult, is doing great, professionally speaking. They recently graduated from college. They have a new job in their chosen field of study. They are really excited about it. They're doing great. But this young adult struggles beyond that. So in addition to their new job, they also have a new living arrangement in this new stage of their life. And they are really struggling with all the change and the expectations to set up a home and also to manage themselves. Now, of course, I can't coach a person who's not there. That's not how coaching works. But what I can do is increase awareness with this young adult's loved one who is trying to understand where their young adult is coming from and how to help their young adult. And I really respect that. We can all start by recognizing that there is more going on with every person than what we're aware of. The first couple of questions with this friend were, if the young adult was diagnosed or not? And the answer was yes. And then I asked if their young adult received counseling or therapy specifically around their ADHD and where they may struggle, and the answer was no. And so this friend and I simply worked on ADHD awareness together. That's all we did, right? So it was my job, my, uh, the request was for me to tell them more, and I did. And I'm gonna tell you more as well. So first I want you to um, know that I wrote an article two Octobers ago about the basics of ADHD. So I'm just gonna run through those real quick. So ADHD, also attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, is a neurodevelopmental disorder affecting both children and adults around the globe. And that is from ADHDawarenessmonth.org. In my roles as a certified professional organizer and organizing coach, and really fellow human being, I interact with many people with ADHD. And so do you. Did you know at least 10% of the population has ADHD and probably a much higher percentage goes undiagnosed or unnoticed? What that means is in a classroom of 20 students, at least two have ADHD. ADHD can run in families, but not always. And if you have 10 friends with ADHD, each of the 10 will show their ADHD in a different way. There is no one way that a person with ADHD will act. Now here's the thing too, ADHD, at least the H part, may be a misnomer as not everyone who has ADHD also has hyperactivity. There's actually two kinds of ADHD. One is hyperactivity, excuse me, one is hyperactive and one is inattentive. So ADHD can also show up as inattention, poor focus, poor planning, poor impulse control and emotional regulation to list just a few symptoms. ADHD is diagnosed from two and a half to four times more often in boys than it is in girls. That statistic is from healthline.com. 
However, ADHD is spread evenly between the genders. The difference is the rate of diagnosis. ADHD shows up differently in different people and characteristics like being emotional or daydreamy or flighty can wrongly be attributed to girls just because they're girls and not because they may have an underlying condition. ADHD can also be diagnosed at any age. It's diagnosed for children of school age, but also sometimes with a transition to high school or to college when the parental supports and involvement changes and no longer compensates for the students with ADHD. And in addition, what I have come to notice in my coaching practice is that ADHD was not understood when most of today's adults were children, and so many adults today still continue to live life undiagnosed. Folks with ADHD don't just need to try harder or apply themselves or have better discipline. It is caused by a chemical deficit in the brain and not by some character flaw. Often individuals with ADHD work very hard to overcome the challenges that come with it and have spent their life coming up with coping strategies. Some things that I remind my clients with ADHD is that some of the challenges that come with it can actually be considered benefits. For example, one characteristic is the ability to hyperfocus on topics that are interesting to the individual. Now, of course, the ability to hyperfocus is also what sometimes leads to a misdiagnosis. And there are tools to help individuals manage their ADHD. There is hope. And I think that's the most important part of all about ADHD Awareness Month. Okay, so back to my conversation last week with my friend. Things that I reminded her is that it's not necessarily that people with ADHD have symptoms that are completely different than anybody else in a busy time of life or any other time. What makes it troublesome and what leads many of us to either get tested or get our loved ones tested for ADHD or other neurodiversities is if the struggle happens more than occasionally or if it is negatively impacting a person's life. And by life, I mean their relationships, how they succeed or excel in school or professionally or in whatever it is that they're trying to achieve. So we all have challenges with achievement or focus or productivity or motivation But it's when those challenges negatively impact life for a certain amount of time, that's when we see those red flags that tell us that, hmm, maybe there's more going on here and we need to ask more questions. Again, many of us display these characteristics. It's the severity of the characteristics and also the comorbidities, which is a big word that means things that happen together. For example, folks with ADHD also tend to suffer from higher rates of anxiety, or depression. And it's those problems that make ADHD troublesome. So again, back to my friend and her young adult. For this friend and her grown child, we discussed that this young adult is able to excel at work, but their home life and relationships suffer, and they are exhausted like all the time. I mentioned that whereas I might have a busy day at work and I need to come home and take a half an hour to shift gears or decompress before starting my next activity, Someone with ADHD has worked much harder to be productive at work and to manage their challenges and may need much more time to regroup. So I want to talk about a word called masking. People with ADHD and other people as well, right, learn to cover up what may be considered culturally undesirable behaviors. So little little ones in the classroom, you know, 
Maybe you've got a little kindergartner or first grade, and they learn to not blurt out answers in the classroom or to not hop out of their seats when their energy tells them otherwise. So they learn to manage and they learn to mask, but it also takes effort to not act in those ways. So let's understand, too, that there might be a different type of masking. And this comes from a different direction, but just it's, it's more of a covering up and not in a bad way. But here's the thing. Children with ADHD are often not diagnosed until they reach transitions like elementary school to middle school or middle school to high school or even high school to college because strong and supportive parenting and learning environments are awesome, but they occasionally leave ADHD going undiagnosed until a student reaches the point where their external coping supports, like those parents and teachers, no longer make up for the challenges from their ADHD. Let's also understand hyperfocus. Another characteristic of ADHD is hyperfocus. ADHD is often misunderstood and underdiagnosed because people with ADHD may be able to hyperfocus on something that is interesting to them. So that's why ADHD is not a full enough name. Because attention deficit is not always true. It's just what we're able to pay attention to. And then we need to remember, for many people with ADHD, they are actually paying attention to everything. So this may be a a did you know instance, right? So when a person with ADHD looks like they're not paying attention, it is actually very likely that they are paying attention to absolutely everything in the room. If they're listening to their teacher talk about math, or if they're listening to a friend tell a story, or if they're trying to focus on the email in front of them, they are also hearing every background noise there is. They're also noticing how their clothing feels at every point that touches their body. They're noticing the temperature of the air around them. They're noticing the smell of the air around them. They are noticing everything. They might be noticing any pain that might be in their body. They notice it all. So it's not that they're not paying attention. It's that they're actually paying attention to everything. They are processing input from every direction. And so what may look like inattentiveness is actually the fact that they're processing everything at the same time, and they might not even know that. And where you think that that's a character flaw or defiance or something like that, it's actually very likely that they just have so many different signals coming in at any given point that it takes them a minute to process. That's something that we all need to recognize with ADHD is, again, that they actually could be paying attention to everything at once. Let's also understand something called bandwidth or in the ADHD vernacular, spoons. All of us have a certain amount of energy and focus and motivation to get things done every day. And once those commodities are used up for the day, it's time to rest. So some people call these units of measure spoons. So each of us starts with a certain number of spoons to use throughout the day. Are you with me so far? I know this is pretty heavy. But truly, think of it this way. So all of us consume spoons right? We all consume energy and focus and motivation and we get things done. If we are sick or sad, we may have fewer spoons than normal that day. And some days we have to do hard things which use up our spoons faster. So a person with ADHD may have the same amount of energy, focus, motivation. They may have the same number of spoons 
as you or me when they start their day, but they may use them faster than we do because they have to make themselves focus and motivate and get things done in a certain way that isn't necessarily how their brain is wired to work, which leads me to the talk of recovery. So we also really need to talk about recovery and rest when it comes to ADHD. Just as a neurotypical person, so somebody who doesn't have ADHD, needs to rest and refuel regularly to face another day, so does, of course, a person with ADHD. But it may take longer. In addition to using spoons faster than others, a person with ADHD may take longer to replace their spoons. Even a person with ADHD who is managing themselves well and getting the support they need knows that they must employ strategies and skills to rest and replenish, and we have to respect that. So somebody with ADHD, because they've been dealing with all of those external stimuli for so long, yes, they can absolutely maintain for a bit, but then they may be exhausted. And what takes you and I perhaps an hour or two to regroup, or maybe just a good night's sleep, it could take them days. And I think where all of this was leading me today, as I wrote this article this morning, I think where it's leading me to is this. Your awareness of ADHD or not doesn't validate or invalidate a friend or loved one with ADHD. Yes, there are people out there who believe it doesn't exist. But today, I just want to increase awareness. I want to show all of us that we all struggle sometimes, neurotypical and neurodiverse. And as I started this topic today, I mentioned that we don't know where people are coming from. But now that you've listened to this for a bit, now we know more and we know better. And as I was quoted back to myself last week, apparently I often say, when we know better, we must do better. So let's remember a few things. No one is broken and no one needs fixed. We just need to understand more about others, to be aware that there's more happening than we may know, and be ready to support others by educating ourselves. More than 10% of the population has ADHD, whether you or they have been diagnosed or not. You may have it, and I guarantee you, you know people with it. Some who struggle and some who manage well. We need to understand that it's happening and support ourselves and others with understanding, communication, and education. There are lots of resources out there to help. Um, there are coaches and counselors and therapists who deal specifically with folks who have ADHD. There's also a couple different organizations that you can absolutely check out online. One is CHAD, C-H-A-D-D, and that stands for Children and Adults with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. So that's chad.org. And then there's also ADD.org, which is the Attention Deficit Disorder Association. So there are tools to help individuals manage their ADHD and to support the folks who support the people with ADHD. So the best indicator for success is other people who understand ADHD better, which brings us back to why October is ADHD Awareness Month. If you'd like to know more about it, including strategies and skills for you or a loved one, please reach out to me. And as always, if you'd like to explore coaching for organizing and productivity, drop me a line via email at colleen at peaceofmindpo.com or message me through my social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram. Thanks so much and talk to you next week.